Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and it is presented for the second week in a row and it will be for at least a year by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's right, baby. We are DraftKings guys now. Get that app on your phone. Just make sure when you do, you use the code ROSS. He's Steve Fezzik, only two-time winner. Super Bowl, professional football gambling. Westgate, Super Contest, Vegas, He is the numbers guy. He's the math guy. He knows the percentages. He knows the odds. I am the football guy. Former player, five teams, seven years. Feel like I've got pretty good insight into how games will go, teams, matchups, psychology of players, coaches, etc. And so as a result, we've done pretty well on the show. Follow him on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Both Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. All of our shows can be found, however, at Ross Tucker Pod. Please follow that handle because we're doing more stuff. We're having more audiograms with special cuts from different shows. So you can listen to a quote or two from one of the other shows, maybe like today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and decide whether or not you want to listen to the whole thing. But it's like it gives you a preview, like you can listen to a quote or two. Uh, but you got to be following at Ross Tucker Pod to be able to do it. Uh, very, very, very excited for today's guest, my guy Will Brinson from the Pick Six Pod from CBS Sports at Will Brinson on Twitter. Well, with the PGA Tour starting tomorrow, wanted to bring on my guy Will Brinson. As promised, at Will Brinson on Twitter. He's the host of the Pick 6 podcast. I've been on that. It's an excellent show. I enjoy it tremendously. But he also is really into golf. He's really into baseball. He's really into a a lot of things. Before we get to the PGA Tour or golf stuff, Will, let me just ask you this. I don't remember what it was called, but Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. The ratings that that did and the money that it generated, 
I guess my first reaction was how much of that is because it's the only thing going on during the virus and how much of it is because people thought it was cool to just watch one group of couple football players and a couple guys go like I you know I almost thought of like if I'm Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson like why do I need to play in these other events like every like three (laughs) or four times a year get a couple musicians or you know movie stars or athletes do one of these deals and make a boatload of money from it yeah I mean I I think the ratings are definitely Ross a result of you know, the pandemic to, to a larger extent. I mean, look at, you know, even like, look, the, the last dance was awesome and it was absolutely must watch television, but the ratings were not, I, I don't think like real last dance ratings. If, if we actually have sports going on and we're not all sort of cooped up in the house. So I, I think that does make a difference. People are itching for some real sports, but yeah, I mean, look like you're talking about putting four of the biggest celebrity athletes uh, on the planet. In 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 a, in a golf match, people are going to be interested to see what happens. I mean, and um, so so from that perspective, yeah, I think it's it's something that uh, that those guys will do more of. And and let's not forget, I mean, for all the you know the ribbing and like oh, like look who won, et cetera, et cetera. These guys are pocketing huge piles of cash, and you know, so a lot of it you know, raised a lot, a lot of money for charity too. But I mean, these guys are pocketing huge piles huge piles of cash uh, when they do an event like this. <laughs> this is not a not entirely out of the, the the goodwill of their of their generous hearts. Did you um, bet on it, Will? And did you did you love it? Uh, I was I was actually I missed the early part of it because I was actually playing golf myself. We can play golf in North Carolina, um, and I didn't bet on it because uh, I was I liked I didn't think there was enough value in the favorites. Um, if I if I had been sitting at my computer and watching the the first part of it, I probably would have done some prop bets. Um, it's like, I'll bet on anything. I mean, you know, full blown degenerate, but, um, uh, just because I was playing golf and didn't have the early part on it. Uh, and I didn't like the, uh, like, I liked the, I, I thought the favorites, I thought the, the, the faves were going to win. And, but I, I thought that the best value was on the dog. And so I didn't, I, it was like a tough spot for me. I didn't love the price on it. And so I figured since I'm out playing golf myself, uh, maybe just uh, stay away on this one. It's actually the rare thing I didn't bet on, oddly enough. Uh, Steve, I'm curious. I, I didn't even ask you. Did you watch that? Did you get involved in it at all? Did you did you like it? Do you think it could be sort of the future for golf, or at least more uh, have more of them in the future for golf? What about four holes? Do have some strong opinions about this. Golf is horribly flawed right now because the players are boring. And they, I, I, I just, I can't watch golf. All the players, basically, I have no interest other than Tiger Woods, who, who I like following, because he has a personality and he shows emotion. And I think that, that what really stood out, how great that exhibition was, is with, you know, Phil needling Tiger back and forth and, and the like, and, you know, Brady struggling big time early. It was just, it was riveting. I, I think you, I would have watched it even if there had been full sports on. And I don't watch golf because I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just bored. In terms of betting, I'll tell you this. Thank goodness there was no live betting that I saw on this event because after six holes, when Woods and uh, Manning were up three, I was convinced they were going to win by seven. 
this was going to be one of the greatest blowouts of all time. It's Woods home course. He's hitting every fairway and Brady can't play a lick. So I guess a little warning in live betting, things can change because uh, obviously this match got very close at the end. So, um, Two thoughts there. Number one, my favorite golfer is Brooks Kepka because he looks like he could be like a linebacker. <laughs> I, I judge my favorite players in other sports based on primarily their physique and whether or not they look like studs or football. Like my favorite basketball player, Zion Williamson. I'm very biased towards people that look like football players, that look like they could play football, and that look awesome. So Brooks Kepka is my favorite and, and golfer. Yet you're having me on your podcast. Yeah, exactly why I have Will Brinson on my show. Uh, but my question for you, Steve, about you said you can't. So I agree. I thought the personality part of of the event was amazing. But you say, you know, you're not really into golf because of the lack of players' personality. I guess my question was, were you ever into golf or did you feel like 20 to 30 years ago golfers had more personality? I just kind of want some clarity there. Oh, no, I don't think golfers have ever had personality, and it's just part of that whole, um, you know, you're used to playing in country club settings and the like, and shh, shh, be quiet, someone might talk in my backswing, and it, it, it's just, um, to use an exception to that rule, like, the one golf tournament that I, I actually like watching is that Waste Management in Phoenix, where the crowd gets rowdy and the like, and I just think golf is in the stone ages in terms of looking to make changes that would make it, you know, more enjoyable for the viewers. So I got to tell you, when you talk about the backswing, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet on this at Ross Tucker NFL, but I got to share this story quickly and it's not betting related, but I think our, our um, audience will, will enjoy it. So in 1992, right after the Dream Team won the gold, Michael Jordan came to suburban Philadelphia to play in, a, in the Mike Schmidt Celebrity Golf Tournament. And I don't know how he did it, but I'm telling you, Lawrence Taylor, Dan Marino, Dr. J, Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan. I mean, it was unbelievable how many guys were there. Chuck Bednarik. I mean, it was amazing. I remember we had to park really far away. And we're walking up this long hill, and Joe Klecko sees us, and he's like, hey, you guys need a ride? And we're like, yeah, it was me, my mom, and my buddy Scott. And so we hop in, and we go up, and Joe Klecko, who should be in the Hall of Fame, gives us a ride. So everybody wants to meet Michael Jordan. I always, in situations like that, I was a big autograph collector. So in situations like that, I always dressed pretty nicely. Like I had like a... I don't know if I had a button down on, but I had a polo shirt, khaki shorts. Every other kid there is wearing a t-shirt and shorts, right? Like every kid. So when Jordan's at the first tee, there's like 10 security people around him. I just walk out there and I'm just in with the group. And so the first couple holes, there are thousands of people watching us. And I'm walking, and people would glance at me, and then they glance away. They all just assumed I was like somebody important's kid. <laughs> they just assumed. <laughs> so I'm literally walking the fairway with Michael Jordan, but I didn't have a lot of patience. And so 
and my buddy sees me and he's just laughing because there's like eight security guys in a rectangle around Jordan and like the guy he's playing with and me. So I didn't have a lot of patience. So I finally go up next to Jordan and I think I invented the selfie. I had one of those disposable cameras and I put my arm around him and I put out the disposable camera to try to take a selfie of me and him. And I get like nailed in the back by one of the security guys then. So I end up getting nothing. Like I have this crazy picture where you can see Jordan smiling and and nothing else. Right. So then I'm like, okay, like, you know, the, the gig was up, but I am relentless. So for the next like five holes, I go and I get Marino's autograph and Barkley or whomever, right? Then I'm like, I got to get Jordan. I brought the cover of the Sports Illustrated where he's smoking the cigar, okay? And at this point, I'm done with the act of trying to act like I belong and wear a button-down shirt or whatever. I I take that off, and I'm wearing a straight-up, you know, like sleeveless T-shirt, right? Um Because now it's really, really hot. I'm telling you guys, every time, this is like a pro-am celebrity thing, every time Jordan would do his backswing, everybody would be quiet except for me. (laughs) Every backswing, I would be like, Michael, please, you're my favorite player. Michael. So finally, after like, I don't know, five or six strokes, right? Either he just figured I got to do this or one of the other guys he was playing with was like, yo, that kid's not going to stop. So Michael Jordan walks over to me on the side. I'm like, I'm going to come across to the listeners as the most annoying kid of all time. But Michael Jordan comes across (laughs) to the rope and he says, he's like, uh, he's like, hey, man, like, you know, we're trying to play golf. Like you got, you got to be, and by the way. My dad was like, I grew up going to a country club. My dad was county golf champion. Like, I know all the rules about golf. I didn't care, okay? Autographs, that is a production result-oriented business. You either get the autograph or you don't. What do I care about his backswing? I care about my results on the day, right? So, so Michael Jordan comes over to me, and he's like, hey, man, like, we're, you know, we're trying to play golf. And I'm like, I know, but you're my favorite player. Meanwhile, I'm a Sixers fan. Charles Barkley's my favorite player, okay? But I got to get Jordan's autograph. So he signs it on the cover of the Sports Illustrated as he, with the smoke and the cigar. And then he sees my T-shirt that has Jack McCluskey basketball camp, who is um, a Division three coach in my hometown, but was also the name of the Detroit Pistons general manager at the time. <sighs> That like Michael Jordan hated because the 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 Pistons were his. He's like Jack McCluskey. You went to Jack McCluskey basketball camp, and I'm like, no, it's a D three coach. And by then, there was about 500 kids climbing over my back, trying to get his autograph, and I just like got out of there. So I didn't even hear the rest of what he said. So that is my Michael Jordan story, and. What triggered it, Steve, was you talking about quiet on the backswings. I will say this, and I played with Tom Brady and I played with Emmett Smith. I have never experienced anything like Michael Jordan's popularity 
right after the United States won the gold medal with the Dream Team in 92. It was bananas. So I'm going to start with you, Will. None of that was betting related, although I'm sure Jordan was betting on the golf that day. Am I, <laughs> like, do you respect what I did, or am I an annoying, spoiled brat? Uh, no, I, I, well, I would say, I would say uh, first of all, look, I was born in 1981. I was 11. Um, you know, you know, I, I mean, like, I mean, I'm in my, I mean, like, peak peak basketball, you know, like, like young kid basketball obsession, uh, especially living in North Carolina. I mean, you kidding me? Um, when the dream team was playing. So, uh, I, I fully respect it. And I think that you got, as a kid, you got to shoot your shot when it comes to getting an autograph at that point in time, there probably wasn't a bigger autograph than Michael Jordan. You know, it would be like getting Tiger Woods autograph in, in 2001, uh, uh, granted, if you yelled in Tiger's backswing in 2001, you're probably in a in a Secret Service bunker, uh, especially if you did it at Augusta. But you, you get the point. Uh, so yeah, I, re- I respect the move, and I think that um, you know if you're an athlete of that stature, you got to understand that kids are are, are you know, obsessed with you, and that they they want your autograph. And I I, I remember uh, one time I went Mark McGuire. I went to Camden Yards in Baltimore the first time the first year that it was open the Bass brothers came and played there. And after the game, I was like, Mr. McGuire, Mr. McGuire, can I have your autograph, please? Walking out to his car, he's like, I don't have time for you, kid. And I hated Mark McGuire ever since. So, yeah, I respect, I respect the move. And uh, if, if he doesn't sign, it's a horrible person. Steve, your thoughts? Never got the whole autograph thing. Never gotten an autograph. Don't get it. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, well, I, Steve, Steve, you're amazing the, the on picture, today's show, by the way. The picture way. is better than autograph, ultimately. Like, getting a There's, picture with the player is better. Sign, sign picture, number one. Picture two, autograph three, I think. Picture is far superior to the autograph because a picture you can actually continue to look at. The autograph, Steve, is really just proof that you met the person. It's really just like bragging rights. Like, look, see, I met this person. You could have shook their hand. You could have high-fived them, but nobody can see that. This is like before cell phone videos, right? So, like, the autograph. By the way, this this now, this is where this is where I'm going to lose the audience, and this is where, Will, you're going to tell me that I'm horrible. But when I retired from the NFL – I had a bunch of stuff I didn't need anymore in terms of, you know, helmets or whatever, stuff I didn't need that I had acquired. But I also like for my house, I have my own frame jerseys up, my own game balls. Like I didn't really have a need for anybody else's stuff. So I, I, I went to an auction house outside of Philly and I gave them all all my stuff, all my autographs that I had acquired throughout childhood, including the Michael Jordan autograph. And I was like, I I don't care. We're moving. Like, I I don't want to store this stuff anymore. Like, what can I get for it? And I don't remember how much it was, but I gave up every single autograph that I had, you know, and this might've been like, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, we moved into this house I drove to some place. I was like, "Here's what I got. How much is it worth?" Uh, Will I don't, I don't hate you for that. As long as you get cat, as long as you get money for it, 
if you gave it away, that would have been different. I actually think if you, if that happened now, Ross, like if, if you were moving and who would be moving right now, but like you would find some way to do it on Twitter where you gave it away to like, you know, like you, you find a way to give it away to fans or like auction it off for charity. Although that, I mean, obviously that's a lot of work, but it's for a better cause. Uh, and look, as long as there's a, as long as you're, you know, getting some cash, some coin back for it. I don't, I don't hate it. Steve, you like money. You're a fan of money. You're, fa- and you're not a fan of autographs. You probably love it. Yeah, and I, I think an analogy would almost be like, hey, you get all these high school awards and trophies and plaques and the like, and I don't know what the over-under is for how long it takes for people before they wind up throwing all that stuff out. Maybe some people keep it their whole lives, but I think most people, maybe, what do you think, like 28 and a half, that all that stuff just mysteriously disappears? Yeah, exactly. So here, and I'm going to bring it back to golf now because the PGA Tour uh, returns tomorrow, and I want to get Will's tips on betting golf because I know a lot of people that really like betting golf, but I'm going to bring this full circle. Will, when I was in eighth grade, my dad had a couple passes for the Masters, Thursday or Friday, I can't remember which day. And I went with him. So I guess I'm 14 years old. I went with him. And I'm, I wasn't that into golf. I was a football basketball guy. But I still, it, this is the last time I ever remember getting autographs. Ever. I was 14 years old. I'm at the Masters. I'm hanging out by the practice tee. And I don't know what I was, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, something like that. And maybe 5'10". For the first time in my life, Multiple guys whose autographs I got were shorter than me. And I it was like <laughs> Ian Woosnam. I can't remember who else, right? And I that was the day that I decided I was done with autographs. I was like, well, what am I doing? Like, I don't even like golf. This dude, these dudes are shorter than me. Like, what am I even doing? Like, the, the these sandwiches are amazing, and they're only $2. Like, why am I standing over here trying to meet golfers? I don't really... So, so the Masters in eighth grade, Will, was when my autograph seeking finished forever. I, I'm glad to know that, that in eighth grade you were taller than I am now. That's fantastic, Ross. Um, <laughs> and, and like you're like towering over Paul Casey. Like, hey, man. I mean, he wasn't playing it, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Augusta, I, I don't know. I don't think – I don't even think – you know, go, golf is it, – it's golf is kind of a cool spot to get autographs because you actually – you know, you can you sort of know the players, you see their faces, uh, but yeah, Augusta, man, don't it's way trying to get autographs is wasting your time. You gotta, I, you know, and a quick tangent here, I would say too that, like, why are people out here and you can't do it at Augusta, but you can do it at all other golf tournaments, the Charles Schwab Challenge, it'll certainly be happening on every hole. Why are you out there taking a video of of some golfer swinging the club, soak in the moment? You think you're going to go back and watch that on your on your phone ten years from now? No, unless it's like a historically great shot, you're just going to delete it in, in in a couple of years anyway. So enjoy the moment, people. It's the same thing with these concerts. Put down your freaking phones and soak in life already. Drives me nuts. Uh, I've, I've been to Augusta twice. I got to see Tom Watson in his final uh, the final time through on a on a practice round on a Wednesday. Uh, yeah, it was Wednesday. Um, Maybe it was Tuesday, whatever it was. He, he, they, did the, they skipped the balls across the pond on 16, and I got to see him do that for the final time, which was a, uh, a, a very cool moment. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I think the last autograph I got was John Daly 
at a Hooters in Greensboro before the Wyndham Championship. A few years ago. <laughs> All right, so um, we've never done an even money podcast like this where we've spent 15 minutes not talking about betting, but that's okay. I want to get your thoughts now. Give us the breakdown, Will, on the Charles Schwab Challenge. A, how do you bet golf? And B, who has the big advantage, if anybody, coming off this big, um, you know, layoff? Yeah, it's tough. All right, so with golf, um, man, I was—I mean, I was neck deep in in golf betting before the uh, before the pandemic hit. In fact, you want to hear a a, 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 a really bad beat? Uh, I'll tell you one real quick. Uh, my buddy uh, Scholes is uh, had a bet on Hideki Matsuyama as the first round leader of the what tournament was it of the whatever tournament was being played uh, when the pandemic, when it was canceled Hideki, they had, they pulled, they called the tournament off with those guys having putts on 18 because they didn't want to record the first round. So they called the tournament off and Hideki is the leading at, at going in is leading into 18. He's walking in to win, to, to be, to be ahead in the first round. And they call the dogs off with putts on 18. It was a horrific beat, but I think first round leader is a really interesting thing. I would recommend uh, anybody follow, uh, go check out my, he's on Twitter at, at JMazJD. Great golf handicapper. Uh, he does awesome stuff on first round, first round leaders, but you can bet first round leaders. If you look at the weather, you can get a real advantage there because guys who go out early might have a way. There's typically a wave advantage. Obviously, you know, sometimes if it rained the night before the greens are more receptive, um, the, the, the wind can p- typically picks up in the afternoon. So there's some advantage there. Um, I use fantasy national, which has strokes gained as a strokes gain database and, and course uh, history. You can sort of look at who might, uh, who, who might break out in a certain tournament based on how, how their game fits the course, how they've been playing recently. I think it's going to be really difficult to, to handicap this stuff with the guys coming out of this break. Um, so you sort of have to, you know, I think you have to lean into, you know, who is, you know, like, like you don't, nobody, I mean, these guys have been playing and all of that, but like, I, I mean, I think you want to try and find guys you trust who are consistent golfers who have elite games, um, good short games, right? Uh, not consistency off the tee, something that you don't need to really warm up to uh, for this particular event. If you're going to bet an overall winner. And I think head to head matchups is something to really focus in on here. So I think in terms of bet distribution, let's say if you're going to put, I, I would say for every unit that you're going to sprinkle across first round leaders or uh, outright winners, that you should also have uh, probably a unit on a, uh, a head-to-head matchup or something like something like that. So you're not just throwing out cash on on these outrights. You want to you know you want to be able to to sort of you know uh, mitigate any losses you might take on an outright winner because they're tough to hit by virtue of using matchups. And, and you can really, I think, be able to, to find some arbitrage here in terms of these matchups with, with guys because they're, it's, the pricing is going to be difficult coming off this long break. Steve, do you ever bet golf? I bet everything, Ross. So to summarize, and this will be <laughs> consistent with a lot of other sports, uh, people can say that they win betting the you know, tournament winners and the like in these long shots. And I'm not saying that people don't, but what happens is that to, to find these needle in the haystacks, there's always that 150 to one bet or that 80 to one bet that wins. But typically what happens is the guy first in line, 
that spots, hey, this is his home course, and that's why he's undervalued. And if you get there first, you can win doing it. By the time the players get ready to tee off, it is rare indeed you're ever going to find a good bet because the house vig is so high. If you bet on every golfer, you're going to lose like 50% of the amount that you wager. So we'll nail that. The head-to-heads are where you should bet. A one-to-one ratio, and I'd argue it should be a 20-to-1 ratio. For every dollar you bet on the future, you should be betting $20 on head-to-heads. I also love the Will um, Weather advice. Players taking advantage of better conditions early versus later, vice versa. Um, and frankly, even over-unders on what players are going to shoot for the tournament, what the cut line's going to be, very much weather-dependent, wind-dependent. I think that that's where some of the biggest advantages in golf betting are. Very interesting. All right, um, Will, do you have uh, do you have a specific bet? Uh, just looking at these, and I haven't, I haven't put anything in for him yet, but, um, man, yeah, if, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of times, too, with golf, so, like, Jordan Spieth is 50-1 to 1 right now. And don't bet on Jordan Spieth. He stinks right now. His game has been a wreck for, like, two years ever since that Masters debacle. Um, you know, there, there, are, there are better guys. Like, you see the name value really pushes guys up. Like, even Phil is 100-1 to 1 to win the Charles Schwab. I, I mean, Phil, Phil Mickelson, you know, he played in that, that event. Like, he shouldn't be 100-1. to 1. He's not playing good golf right now. And, and so I think um, there's a, probably a, a soft spot somewhere in the 40s where you can find somebody uh, that, that can play well. I, I would say that if I were put, if I'm putting a bet down, um, I think Justin Rose at 42 to one, I, you know, again, name value, but he has a great, you know, gr- great ball striker. Hadn't necessarily been playing well uh, earlier in this, in this tour. Um, Justin Rose at 42 to one is not terrible. Byung, Byung Hung An, who is just a roller coaster of emotions. This guy is an animal uh, until he gets to the greens, and then he's a, a, just a disaster putting. Like he he lost like ten strokes putting uh, uh, in the one round a few a few months ago. Uh, but if he gets hot with the putter, he can beat anybody out there. Uh, he's fifty to one. I think that's uh, that's a pretty good price. And then a guy that that is coming on that was really coming on strong before the pandemic hit, and, and is an outstanding young player, and just completely smokes his irons uh, into the green. Scotty Scheffler, I think at 41 to one, 41 to one is uh, is a pretty good value there as well. So I would be looking at uh, maybe one of those three. Um, and it, to me, there, there's this core of younger guys that isn't quite known uh, by, by the, by the general public, Scotty Scheffler, Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, Victor Hovland at 55 to one. He's, you know, he's, he's really, his game sort of round, rounding around Joel Dahman. Uh, there are a bunch of young guys who are sort of coming on strong as this new wave of golfers that I think I would probably target, uh, at their various prices. Will, that was phenomenal. I knew it would be. It always is. Now the next step is everybody make sure you go to DraftKings and you get the app on your phone, the sports book app. You already know, I know about DraftKings and DFS. I get it. You know about DFS. But did you know DraftKings has legal sports betting right here in the U.S.? So you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure? Absolutely awesome. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Please make sure you use the code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Do not forget 
Enter code Ross. Get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Get with it with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I'm already fired up, by the way, for next week's guest. Something really special and really different a week from now that you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy. Um, I mean, I don't know that you are. I think you're going to. I know I am going to. So very, very excited. Uh, But you'll have to wait till next week to see exactly who that is. I'll give you, I'm not even going to give you a hint. Not even going to go there. Um, Other than that, you guys know the deal. Check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. And if you spread the word via social media, you can win the contest this week. If you uh, give us an Apple podcast or any network uh, rate and review, you can win a contest this week as well. I think we're done here. Good luck. I really hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.